In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. River Valley Public Schools will have a couple of questions for voters on February 27th. Superintendent Dave Campbell tells us they're seeking renewal of both the operating millage and the sinking fund millage. He notes the district is especially dependent on the operating millage because it's the majority of their funding. Basically operates the school district. River Valley is one of the few districts in the state that has such a high taxable value because of the miles and miles of lake property on Lake Michigan that the 18 mills generates more money so we don't get state money. And so this millage basically operates the school district. Campbell says with very little state money, the operating millage is critical. It's 18 mills on non-homestead properties, meaning it doesn't affect primary residences. It generates about $10.5 million per year, and the district is seeking an eight-year renewal. Meanwhile, Campbell says the sinking fund millage was approved by voters in 2018 to cover building expenses. It goes to pay for things like roof replacements, door replacements, parking lots. It's basically to take care of the facilities that you have, and that's a very important funding source for it as well. The district is seeking a six-year renewal of the sinking fund millage. Campbell is planning to hold a series of meetings with residents ahead of the February 27 vote to explain the importance of the millage. He's speaking at various locations throughout the district as well as at the River Valley Middle and High School Library on February 21st at 7 p.m. Benton Township trustees have been briefed on plans for a new trail development along M63. At their meeting this week, Zach Vaughn with the Cornerstone Alliance said the organization is teaming up with Southwest Michigan Planning Commission, the Whirlpool Foundation, and others to put in more than three miles of paved trails. He told us this trail will connect Whirlpool's Lakeview bike trail to the trails at Harbor Shores. We're going to focus on the uh, the M63 corridor. Now, that would be the connecting link, if you will, between Monte Road, just north of Whirlpool's campus, down to Hickman Park Drive. Vaughn said this all ties into the Berrien County Trails Master Plan, which was developed with the help of the Southwest Michigan Planning Commission. The project would not come with any cost to Benton Township. We would love their support. This is a, a larger trail vision that has garnered the support of other municipalities. We would love to see the, the township support the activity that other municipalities have stamped their approval onto. Vaughn said the eventual goal is to connect the trails throughout Berrien County with trails in other counties and states. Supporters are securing funding this year and hope work can start next year. Benton Township Treasurer Debbie Boothby says she's excited for the project. The process of authorizing the Palisades nuclear power plant to restart took another small step this week. WSJM's Andrew Green reports. The Nuclear Regulatory Commission and Holtec International held a meeting this week to discuss some of the technical aspects of Holtec's plan to restart the Palisades plant. The NRC's Victoria Mittling tells us there are a lot of technical questions that Holtec will have to answer as part of the effort to restart a nuclear plant that's already begun decommissioning. Since this is the first time that's ever been done, the NRC has a lot of questions. Mittling says the company also has to address everything from quality assurance to operations with the old reactor that Holtec wants to restart. The question of the small modular reactors that Holtec plans to build there was not discussed. Holtec spokesperson Nicholas Culp told us the meeting and forthcoming submittal are just the latest in a series with NRC staff in their effort to reauthorize power operations at Palisades. Midling agreed, telling us there will be many more such meetings. Andrew Green, WSJM News. A new exhibit has been unveiled at the Curious Kids Museum Discovery Zone, exploring the things that can be found in a kitchen. It's a partnership between the museum and Whirlpool Foundation. 
Curious Kids director Lori Marciniak told us at Wednesday's unveiling that the secret ingredients, the inner workings and hidden histories of your kitchen, gives kids a safe way to learn all about the things they see at home every day. Kitchens are very familiar to children, but there's also a lot of things they can't touch. It's hot, it's sharp. So to be able to bring everything right-sized down to them and allow them to turn every knob and to use wooden knives that they can cut things in, it's just empowering and it's a happy place. The exhibit features several kitchens from different eras, a giant replica of a KitchenAid stand mixer, a dance-dance revolution type of game enabling kids to power a washer with their feet, and a huge laundry wringer that they can push themselves through. Whirlpool's Pam Klein tells us that it's been in the works for about two years. We had engineers involved. We had people from our community relations team involved in what it could look like. What are the important elements to bring to life through this? What are some important historical moments in time that we would want to highlight? The Whirlpool Foundation is the primary funder of the exhibit. It'll be a traveling exhibit later to be available for children's museums across the country to rent, generating revenue for Curious Kids Museum. The Secret Ingredients, Inner Workings, and Hidden Histories of Your Kitchen exhibit will be at the Discovery Zone through the summer. The Jobs for Michigan's Graduates program in Southwest Michigan is expanded by inducting middle school students from the Boys and Girls Club of Southwest Michigan. The event was held this week at the club in Benton Harbor to welcome the children. Amina Chadi with Youth Solutions tells us this is a first. Middle school students from the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Southwest Michigan made history as they were formally inducted into the Jobs for Michigan's graduates during a launch celebration. And this was particularly exciting because this is the first Boys and Girls Club in the nation to offer Jobs for America's graduates programming. Johnny says Jobs for Michigan's graduates typically works with high school students, but getting some middle schoolers into the program will allow the students even more time to receive benefits. Youth are able to explore different career paths that are out there and just really figure out all the different options that there are after they graduate and how to get there. They're also able to learn the skills they need to be successful in life after high school. Jobs for Michigan's graduates teaches students everything from resume writing to interview skills to how to dress for an interview. It also enables students to explore different careers. At this week's induction ceremony, the students were treated to guest youth speakers and given demonstrations from career programs. Jobs for America's graduates, VP of Operations Jan Ennis, was the guest speaker. A survey seeking the input of residents on a downtown St. Joseph Road project planned for 2027 will be up for about another week. Michigan Department of Transportation spokesperson Nick Sharippa tells us they're going to rebuild M63 from Central Avenue to the Blossomland Bridge and the I-94 Business Loop to Bicentennial Bridge. He says MDOT still wants to know what people think. This is an important project, not just for us in terms of maintaining a state highway, but also for the St. Joseph community. Folks who play and work and visit St. Joe should have a say in how these corridors look and behave and act and feel in their community. Sharippa says now is the time for people to weigh in because there are no firm plans yet for what the project will look like. Nothing is concrete at this point, pun intended. We know we have to do a rebuilding project there, so that kind of gives us an outline, right? That gives us kind of a framework to build on. There's not even a project cost estimate at this point. The survey launched last month and will be up through February 16. We have a link at our website, wsjm.com. Young Lego enthusiasts are being invited to submit creations to the Silver Beach Center in St. Joseph for a special exhibit that will be going up this month. Silver Beach Carousel President Suze Shallon tells us the venue wanted to give young artists a chance to show the community what they can do. 
Kids love Legos. Kids of all ages, let's put it that way. But the opportunity to create something, whether it's a build or something of your own creativity, and bring that in and to have other people see it is so unique. Starting now through February 23rd, the Silver Beach Center will take up to 150 entries of Lego builds to be placed at the carousel for all to enjoy through April 7th. So they put their bill down, and then we put their name and their age and their city with it. And then they also have an opportunity to come on the 28th. That's our Builder's Bash, and we literally roll out the red carpet when they come and have a fun night. As part of the Builder's Bash, there will be free unlimited carousel rides. Shallon says the West Michigan Lego Users Group will also put up a display at the carousel March 2nd and March 3rd from noon to 5. They've been brought in before and have displayed Lego creations of local landmarks. All Lego theme events are free for people to enjoy, but to submit Lego art, you must be between the ages of 5 and 18 years old. We have more information at our website, wsjm.com. And it's that time of year when we make the turn away from shorter days and start enjoying more sunshine. National Weather Service meteorologist Trent Frey says the days are getting longer in Michigan. Each day we are uh, currently seeing about two and a half minutes of daylight added each day. Um, And by the end of the month, we'll be getting uh, closer to three minutes of daylight each day. In Benton Harbor, the sun rises at 7.51 a.m. while it sets at 6.08 p.m. Frey says the end of the month... The sunrise will be about a half hour earlier than it is now, and sunset will be about a half hour later. If you're already thinking spring, it's not far off. The first day of spring will be March 19. And are you getting enough sleep? It's one of the wellness trends of 2024, to sleep. Priority Health Chief Medical Officer Jim Forshee says you should shoot for about seven hours of sleep a night and shut off your screen time about one hour before bedtime really makes a difference. It helps our moods, our cognitive behavior, our body functions, um, even helps our immunity. So all those things are, are really important. Or she says, instead of being on your phone, read or listen to calming music before bed. He says other wellness trends this year are digestive health and exercise. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.